Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. How are you, Eva? You know, I, I'm so excited. I could absolutely bust. <laughs> I love being in the studio. Yeah, we are broadcasting live today <laughs> from corporate headquarters. Which I is, know, at TalkZone.com, which yeah. is really exciting. So, and it's exciting to have the mic right in front of us. I mean, we have a nice setup where we normally do the show, but this is... This is always fun. And I always feel like we're the two NPR women from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are corporate executives for many years. Many years. And that have become radio enthusiasts. And uh, it's a real good way for us to get the message out because our companies need us now more than ever. And yes, we're, we're proud of our content. We're proud of our TalkZone family. Um, and... We're changing lives, building careers, and uh, growing businesses. Well, and we like to bring not only professional development guests, but also personal development guests as well, and anything that can help make our lives a little bit easier. So, and today is really no exception. But right. yeah, it's exciting to be here. It's exciting to be in the studio, and it's exciting to be broadcasting from Morton Grove at TalkZone.com. Right. So, E, just yes. um, a point of reference this is our three-year anniversary of broadcasting. I know. You brought that up um, this weekend, and I, I'm shocked. Yep. I know. I can't believe it's been three years. I, I cannot believe it's been three years, and that we have a lot of listeners. Yep. Right? We're doing good. We're doing good. Um, you know, And we've met so many people. I mean, when you go through the archives, it's really amazing how many different guests we've had on the show, because every week, just about, we've had a guest on the show. So there's a lot of content out there that... Everybody has access to 24-7. You just go to TalkZone.com to the business channel, and you'll find us featured under the business channel, Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Our model is shared leadership, so we raise the bar together to uh, make a difference in the workplace, even as one person. Right, because we are all leaders if we want to be. Right. So, okay, um, Leaning into today's show, right, I want to say a few things, mm. um, and I don't want to put you on the spot, right, but when when we go on vacation or we travel or we do anything really um, significant, even yes. when the girls do, what do I always say to be? Oh, a ninja. Right. Be a ninja. <laughs> um, I was afraid there for a moment. I didn't, I was like, I don't know. No, you did good. Okay. So be a ninja meaning be extremely aware of your surroundings. Right. It's very important. You know, in the workplace, it's equally important, um, especially now with everybody working remote, mm. right? Yeah. Um, we need to make sure we hear everything that's coming our way. You know, I knew right when you said everyone's working remote, I knew exactly where you were going because... You are so right, and I hadn't thought about that. You kind of snuck that one up on me because I had not thought about that, but you're absolutely right because, as you well know, there are times I can't hear anything. And when you've got people 
on those calls mumbling? Right, and there have been times because of that, and because I know that about you, I would say, oh, Eva will do that. And you missed it. So. No, you did <laughs> That I would have heard. <laughs> no, but we learned over time, right, especially with our great guests. Right. Everything is connected. Yes. Right? Um, and and the corporate workplace needs to embrace all of these things. These are all tools that will help all of us. Yes. Right? Um, um, so, okay, so that's really cool. And, you know, um, one more thing is we have a great guest. We have great things in front of us. We've also had fantastic guests behind us, right? Um, what we learned recently from Jay Coverstone is toxic thoughts remain in your body. Right? Yes, um, I knew that actually. Um, so they hang in the air like raindrops. Unbelievable. I know. Um, only here on Talk Zone with uh, Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. So yeah, let's let's introduce our first guest. Excellent. Okay. I'm excited. So yeah, we are very excited. We have met um, Dr. France recently, and um, I would like to introduce to Corporate Talk Dr. Timothy France. Are you with us? Yes, I am. Hello, Charlie and Eva. Excellent. Hi. Um, thank you. Welcome to Corporate Talk, and thank you for being patient in the beginning and letting us babble. <laughs> it is our three-year anniversary, so we're excited about that. Um, Congratulations on your three-year anniversary, and thanks for having me. Oh, you know, um, so when we met, there was something that really got to me was how sharp you were. And how much you were trying to say the importance of what you're sharing is, right? It's not as simple as we may or may not think. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more I said yes, and it does apply to the workplace as well. So first, um, Dr. France, explain basically maybe uh, what you are sharing, and then you can go into your contact information. Okay, great. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. To start off, I'm a board-certified ear, nose, and throat physician, and uh, the general term for that is otolaryngologist. I always have a snicker when I tell people that. But the otolaryngologist, meaning board-certified ear, nose, and throat physician, I graduated medical school about 25, 26 years ago. I've been practicing after residency for about 20, 21 years now in the field. And as I uh, see patients with tonsillitis, sinusitis, and hearing problems, I tend to gravitate towards hearing issues over the years. And uh, hearing problems are unique in that a lot of times I can cure hearing problems doing surgery. And in fact, that's why I chose this field. I was in Chicago uh, working with Dr. Applebaum at the time, a noted ear surgeon. I was just a, a bright-eyed medical student. And he brought me in the operating room and did a procedure on an ear, actually on the stapes bone, the smallest bone in the human body, to free it up so that the patient could hear again. And I said, this is fascinating. I love this. I want to commit my life to this. And Dr. Applebaum wrote me some letters. Sure enough, I got my training program. However, uh, what I realized in practice is very few patients with hearing loss actually need surgery or can benefit from surgery to restore hearing. And the majority of people with hearing loss simply need a good set of well-fit hearing aids with no risk of surgery, et cetera. And so what I did was I started dispensing hearing aids back in 1995. So 
so uh, over 20 years now. And I became an expert on hearing aids as well as, of course, I'm still doing surgery on the ears and other parts of the body. Uh, what I found, though, is in America, we have about 48 million people who have hearing loss in at least one ear. That's one in seven people. That's a tremendous amount of people. The problem that I found is only about 75, excuse me, about 25% of those people do something about their hearing loss, whether it's see a physician like myself or just simply get a hearing test and consider hearing aids. And the reason that 75% of the people with hearing loss say, I'm just going to forget about it for another eight years on average, is because hearing aids cost too much. So I said, okay, we need to make this simple. I need to write a simple book so that's easily understandable. It kind of spells out the problem and ways to fix it. And my book is called Hearing Loss, Facts and Fiction, Seven Secrets to Better Hearing. It was published in late 2014. It's getting a lot of press nationwide because it's uh, it's an important issue, I, I think. And certainly, I hope you'll think so, too. Oh, yeah, we are actually holding it up to the camera because we are Skyped on our first segment. And it is a really cool book. I like the format as well. Yeah, the format's great. um, And, you know, just listening to you, it never occurred to me to have my hearing checked, right? Mm. And I was just going to ask off the top. And by the way, um, Dr. France's website is the Hear Doc. T-H-E-H-E-A-R-D-O-C dot com, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, what is your um, percentage of patients? I mean, what is the age group? Are they more children? Are they more adults? I am in a uh, in Northern California in a semi-rural area, and I see all age groups. I see men, I see women, I see boys, I see girls. I still do a ton of ear surgery, particularly in children, you know, a lot of children have ear infections. They have middle ear fluid. That's fluid behind the tympanic membrane that doesn't go away with antibiotics or other med- medical methods. And sometimes we need to do a simple procedure called ear tube insertion, which takes about four minutes under a, gen- a brief general anesthetic. And by the end of the surgery, by the next day, the child can hear again. And it's an amazing quick surgery that's been done for many years now. It's very simple. Uh, but I like to do that. I do complex ear surgeries on, on adults who have had ear problems, usually since childhood. And then I see the whole gamut of things. Uh, there's domestic domestic violence where people are hit upside the head with a ruptured eardrum, wow. which happens a little bit too frequently, if you ask me. Yeah. And there's a, a, you know chronic infections of the ears, growth in the ears, etc. But I have to say that um, my passion is treatment of hearing loss, and I... I treat about 25, 30 patients a day on a, on a busy day. But I realize with my book, I can reach out and help literally millions of people uh, nationwide and a lot of activity in Canada. People, Canadians are buying a lot of copies of the book, too. But so I wanted to kind of help the general public as well, well as just 25 people a day. So here You I know, am. I can tell you, right, being in corporate America, and we talked briefly before you came on, that we're a remote workplace now. Right. Yeah, hearing is really important, and I hadn't really thought about that until you brought it up, honestly. You know, the money spent, and no one has ever really brought this up. You know how many times on a call we hear, can you repeat that? Mm. Right? And oftentimes we might think it's the phone or the background, and you know what? It's probably our hearing, right? Mm -hmm. And we know, even know it's sort of like a, it's sort of like it slipped through the cracks in checkups. No one ever really 
goes in and checks that. That is a great point, Joe. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. A traditional primary care provider in the U.S. today doesn't do routine hearing screenings. I recommend if you're 55 years of age or older, especially if you have a history of ear problems or loud noise exposure, to get a simple screening hearing test. It takes 15, 20 minutes. It's totally painless. It's very quick. A lot of primary care physicians aren't doing that, and it's kind of up to the patient to decide when it's quote-unquote bad enough. And most people will wait about eight years from when they first notice a hearing problem to actually doing something about it. And I want to kind of change that and move, move that up a bit. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it would, you know, I keep harping on the workplace um, because I think it would really help us all. Um, and we want to really talk about this some more as we continue. Um, but we've already heard about surgery and then... Um, other ways that you would treat um, hearing issues. First, I guess you would have to test it, right? And some sort of matrix rating would tell you we have a hearing problem. That That's, well, the first step is for the of the patient, the, the man, the woman, to say, yes, I think I have a hearing loss, and yes, I want to do something about it, because you would be amazed on the pushback. A lot of people learn to read lips without taking a class versus Getting things checked, it's, it's amazing. And I'll tell you, if it, it was about vision, and if people are losing their vision, like me, age whatever, 42, I started to, mm-hmm. things got blurry, I got some reading glasses, boom, it was perfect. And it, it took me two months to realize that. But people put this off eight years. And hearing is critical for relationships, of course, but relationships in the workplace, relationships at school with family members. And a big study recently showed that those in the workforce who have hearing loss make significantly decreased earnings compared to those with normal hearing. Oh, I agree. That's a, that's a take home. Yeah, I very, absolutely very agree. Um, so this is really cool. Um, we want to get into this a little more, Dr. France. We're going to take our first break. So Excellent. please stay with us. We want to talk technology. We have lots of listening type questions. I believe good hearing will make us better listeners. But stay with us. This is really cool. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie Eva and our very special guest, Dr. Timothy France. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning Shared Leadership Training Seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Dr. Timothy France. He's the author of Hearing Loss, Facts, and Fiction, Seven Seven Secrets to Better Mm -hmm. Hearing, if I could 
get that out. You know, Dr. France, I'm really interested in what you have to say because I do think that I have a bit of hearing loss. And when you were talking earlier about around 42, you know, our vision starts to go blurry. We go to the doctor. We get our eyes checked. We get glasses. I know that's exactly when my vision started kind of going south as well, was in my early 40s. But I think the difference is is that um, so many times with hearing, we really only see people with hearing aids that are older. Like everybody our age now has glasses. You see glasses all over the place. I think hearing aids tend to have a little bit more of a feel of, oh, I'm getting I'm getting a lot older than just the glasses. And I think that can be part of it. It's an intimidation. Maybe. Well, and I think the other thing, too, is that sometimes you don't really realize, like, you know, in the beginning, you definitely, when you need glasses, you definitely can see that things are getting blurry, right? You're kind of moving things closer. You can't see it. But with hearing, to me, it seems a little bit more subtle. Like, there's a lot of things that I can hear, and and I can have the TV turned down. But other times, if I'm in a group and people are talking, I'm noticing everyone else is understanding what's being said, but sometimes I have a hard time hearing that. And I think that's part of it. So maybe you can kind of help the listeners figure out, like, how do you know that you might have hearing loss? That's a great question, Ava. Everyone who comes in my office with hearing loss gets a quick questionnaire with 10 questions. And if they answer yes to two or more of these questions, there's a pretty high likelihood that they do indeed suffer from hearing loss. Can I go go through a couple of questions? Sure, sure. The the first is, do you have difficulty understanding speech in a group? Uh, Second, do you hear people speaking but not always understand them? I'll I'll tell you more about that in a minute. Do you often ask people to repeat themselves? Do others raise their voices to help you hear them? Do you have to turn up the TV louder than normal? That's the number one thing, by the way, TV volumes up. Mm. Uh, Do you concentrate so much to listen that you tire from it? Uh, Do you ever avoid situations because of your hearing? Like, I don't go to the movies or the bowling alley anymore because I can't hear a thing. I don't have any, any fun anymore. Uh, do you have difficulty understanding conversations in a car? Do you have difficulty on a phone? And then lastly, do you hear some people's voices better than others? And it's very accurate. And if a patient marks only one or two of these yes, but it's obviously, to me, very hard of hearing, that patient usually is in denial of the hearing loss or really doesn't want to address it. That's why I said really one of the most important things when it comes to hearing loss for millions of Americans to say, yeah, I think I have a hearing loss, and yes, I want to do something about it. Because I see a lot of resistance, uh, particularly in men. Women are much more accepting of the problem, of the of the hearing problem, and willing to do something about it than men, in my experience. Yeah, I could see that, too. I could see that where, where men would have a hard time with it, because it definitely is, it feels like a marker of getting older, so you don't want to let on that you can't hear. But on the other hand, you know, what if you can, what if you answer a yes to a few of those questions? Like I have a hard time sometimes hearing people in groups, but otherwise like the TV, you know, the volume on the TV can stay low. I actually don't like it too high. Other times I don't have a problem at all. I mean, can you have the, this different type of hearing loss? Is there, is there different forms or, or degrees of hearing loss, I guess? Well, yes, of course. There's different configurations of hearing loss, there's different degrees of hearing loss, and there's different types. As I mentioned earlier, certain types of hearing loss, called conductive hearing loss, where the sound waves simply can't conduct from the outer world to our inner ear, like fluid in the middle ear or let's say a big ball of earwax, mm-hmm. are simple to fix. 
But then the other type of uh, hearing loss is called sensory neural or nerve hearing loss, where the inner ear, the cochlea, just isn't functioning well, whether it's from age or from too much exposure to loud noise or certain medications that can damage it, etc. And I want to point out that I mentioned earlier 48 million Americans have hearing loss in at least one ear, but the majority of those individuals are less than 65 years old. They're under 65. Mm. So it's not necessarily a problem of older people. And what I do, uh, as Charlie mentioned earlier, is we'll do what we call an audiogram. It's a very simple test that takes 15, 20 minutes. We put someone in a soundproof room, almost soundproof. They can hear a little bit, but it really dampens out all the background noise. Put some headphones on them and just say, tell us when you can hear this sound. And the next we present different tones. But then we also have them repeat words. It's called speech recognition or speech discrimination. And this is a very helpful test. And during that test, we, we turn it up as loud as they want it. Is this comfortable? Great. You can hear me? Great. Okay, now repeat these words. And they're usually two-syllable words with emphasis, equal emphasis on both syllables like baseball, hot dog, etc. And we say, even if you're not sure of the word guess, and that's a very, very important score. Normal people or people with mild hearing loss are going to get 80, 90, 100% correct with amplification, with turning it up. But people in that test who have very poor discrimination, let's say 40, 50% of the words, even with amplification, with turning up the volume, they really are going to have trouble not just hearing others, but they're going to have trouble with hearing aids and need special types of hearing aids that do some of the processing for them that their brains aren't doing. Oh, that's really interesting. So a hearing aid can can pick up the slack from where you may have a a little bit of a brain issue where it's not picking up the different pieces of speech. It's really interesting. So, you know, you were saying 48 million um, Americans basically have some form of hearing loss. Correct. Do you think that it's worse now than it's ever been, or do you think it's about the same? No, it's, it's worse and getting worse. As the baby boomers, those people who went to all the concerts, including myself, and, uh, you know, firearm exposure, workplace ex- noise exposures. Uh, OSHA didn't start protecting workers' hearing. I think it came up about 1972-ish. So we have a lot of people now aging, over 65 and under 65, like myself. And the hearing loss is becoming more common in adults and in children. Very interesting study by the World Health Organization. It came out about six weeks ago, back in early April, and they looked at the world health as far as hearing in children estimate that 1.1 billion people between ages 12 and 35, so young people worldwide, are experiencing hearing loss earlier and earlier because primarily of earbuds with loud music and uh, loud concert noise exposure. You know, and I know we always hear that, and, you know, you hear about Pete Townsend has lost hearing in, I think, one of his ears, and... um you know, from the exposure. So what is it about exposure to loud noise that causes hearing loss? Well, this is interesting, uh, to me at least, and uh, maybe you'll think so too. Mm-hmm. So our inner ears are protected. Uh, the portion of our inner ear is encased in dense bone, and it's like kind of wearing an earplug all the time. And that's responsible for the low frequencies. And so even when a person is 90 years old, and I see him in my office, a lot of times the low tones, such as the vowels in speech, A, E, I, O, they can hear that. They know when someone's speaking. Mm. But the high tones for hearing are located in the outside of our inner ear, very close to our middle ear, 
and right behind our eardrum, the eardrum is only as thick as a piece of tissue paper, and so when a loud sound comes in, the eardrum provides virtually no protection for that noise. It hits that part of the inner ear and slowly damages permanently the inner ear hair cells. We call them hair cells. They don't regenerate. So mm-hmm. what happens in many people is a common pattern of hearing loss called presbycusis with normal hearing in the low frequencies or a very mild loss with a sloping pattern. So in the high tones, they have severe, even profound loss of hearing. So they'll know when people are talking to them. They'll pick out speech quickly because they've listened to speech for 80 years or whatever, mm-hmm. but they won't understand what's, what's being said because they don't hear the consonants, the TH, the T sound, the SH sounds, etc. So OSHA created regulations for the workforce. Of course, these aren't necessarily enforced when you're listening to your iPod right. or whatever the case may be. Well, I get I get the OSHA, right? I get the ear protection for the extreme noise, um, but some of us... Of that 48 million, I bet, not, may not have the exposure to the loud noise, just may have hearing issues. Well, but yeah. I, well, I, well I'm, I'm actually going to jump in there. I actually think that if you live in a city, you've got a lot of exposure to loud noise, or if you go and to concerts. Not, that's correct, Eva, and it's not just the, the loudness of the exposure, but it's the hours per day cumulative over your lifetime. Um. And let me just tell you really quick for your listeners, if you are exposed to a loud noise, and you have ringing in the ears afterwards for even an hour or a day or two, you've permanently damaged your hearing a little bit. If you're exposed to a loud noise and you have temporary deafness for a day or two, you've definitely damaged your hearing permanently. And if the loud noise causes pain, you've definitely damaged your hearing. In fact, I just published a blog post on the incidence of ringing in the ears in our military, in our U.S. troops, and it is huge. It's a number one disability coming out from especially with Iraq and Afghanistan vets with exposures to uh, IEDs, et cetera, loud explosions, huge incidents of ringing of the ears. We call it tinnitus or tinnitus, depending on what dictionary you look at. But it's, it's critical. Uh, we don't have any experiments at this point. There's a few experimental therapies for basically regenerating the inner ear so that we can restore that hearing. But up till now, it's permanent damage, and there's really nothing you can do except uh, get it tested get some hearing aids, and go on living life. Wow, you know, I didn't know that because I know that there's times that I've had ringing in my ears going to a concert or you hear something loud when you're outside, you know, like mm-hmm. even like a fire truck or something going by when you're in the city and you're right next to it. I mean, you definitely can feel something, but I had no idea that that meant that or, that was permanent damage. Or actual loss for a short time after, I mean, not to make yeah. light of this, right, but being in a boisterous Italian family... When when it got when I couldn't hear afterwards, I would say I would say thank you, but I didn't realize that it was a bad thing, you know. Right. Um, I, the number one the number one thing that we can do uh, to prevent hearing loss is prevent noise damage. And you know, if if something's uncomfortable or you just you know it, it just seems like you're you're having ringing after you go to a certain person's house or a certain movie or whatever, then you need to protect your ears with simply some earplugs or earmuffs, which is a little more obvious, but earplugs, you know, they, they provide pretty good re- protections for most situations, this, not all. This is by far one of the most neglected areas. Oh, I would agree. Right? And I think um, everybody needs to tap into this book. And once again, it's thehearttoc.com. The Hear Doc. The, the Hear Doc.com. 
Huh? <laughs> I don't do cardiac surgery. No, I don't. Never have, never will. The HearDoc.com. So, Dr. France, is your book available through your website? Yes, absolutely it is. And uh, it's down to uh, $1.99. Hey, I want hey, to hey. rather sell a million copies for two bucks than a couple thousand at sixteen ninety five, which is the uh, face value. So, yeah, it's very reasonable. And I had a lot of people, I, as I mentioned, from the U.S. and particularly Canada as well, buying a lot of copies. It's, it's, it's going good. Um, no, I can tell you the book is fabulous and it's great to read. The format is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're actually learning about this and um, I think it's really helpful. Um, we want to take our next break, yep. right? We have some more questions, certainly, when we come back. So please stay with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie Eva and our very special guest, Dr. Timothy France. We'll be right back. The Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Welcome back, everyone, to segment three of Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Um, we're here with our special guest, Dr. Timothy France, the Hear Doc, the Hear Doc.com, um, and he is the author of Hearing Law Seven Facts and Fiction, oh, Seven Secrets to Better Hearing. So, first, let me just stop for a second and say thank you um, for taking the time to address this void that's out there and realizing this void and putting this effort and this book. Well, and, and dedicating your life to it. Right. Um, because the light went off and I realized how much is, especially the questions, right, the, can you hear within a group? And I take it back to the workplace and it's just the the loss that's taking place i can tell you right you remain internal you not as good a listener because you're just thinking more in your own head i mean it's just endless and i think as a start let's get the book let's get the book and understand it a little more and then reach out for some help if we think we need it mm-hmm. right i think it's a great idea so anyway great job um dr france and we are smarter already as a result. Um, so can hearing issues, in your opinion or your findings, mask other things, or is it really specific to hearing? Did we lose the doc? Because you always wonder, right? I mean, um, maybe I'm afraid to go and get my hearing checked. Right, because you're wondering if you have some other kind of an issue. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's, it is an interesting question. And we're trying to get them back right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
But no, I think, you know, the book is really good. I mean, we went through the book ourselves, and there's so much great content and information in here. Yeah, no, I love it. It's really cool, creative, and, you know, we I wish we could share the inside with the listeners. Right. But anyway, Dr. France, are you back? Yes, I'm here. Excellent. Sorry about that. No, where we were, I first said thank you for making the commitment to address this void that's out there. And uh, great work, great book, great job. Um, and we're very appreciative and smarter as a result. And I always take it back to the workplace. And I can't say enough about what's being missed by people from not hearing. Right. Um, but one of the questions I was asking is, uh, maybe we're concerned that hearing loss, or if we think we have a hearing loss, might be masking something else and maybe make us a little concerned about even having that checked. Does that or make can sense? can hearing loss mask something else? Hmm. Uh, you mean like a, a dementia problem or something of that nature? Something, or yeah. Yeah, it, uh, what happens if people uh, don't treat their hearing loss, uh, they'll start to withdraw from events that they used to like to do. Uh, like if in, in the corporate world, if they hate big meetings in the boardroom, they make up an excuse not to go because they don't hear things, and if they ask them a question, they don't want to look uh, uninformed. Uh, if they're in the recreational world or in the family life, so like, as I mentioned earlier, they might stop going to the movies or stop going to uh, poker parties because they can't hear what's being said. And as people withdraw from certain activities, they began to get depressed. And when you withdraw from too many, a depression is a real issue with untreated hearing loss. It's been proven many times over. Hmm. So, yeah, there are certainly some major consequences to untreated hearing loss. You know, for all of the people managers that are out there, I want to just say something, okay? Um, the next time we're in a conversation in the workplace and disrespect hearing to the point where we say, what are you, deaf? I want everybody to understand this is a real problem and it's age independent. And I think um, everybody should respect it a little more now, right? Maybe I'm a little late to the to the party, but I get it. And um, I think it impacts everyone because of the fact that it's been so neglected. Yeah, I agree. And I also, you know, do we go specifically to have our hearing checked? Do you... Would I specifically call an ENT for that? Well, you don't have to. Um, there's there's really four different ways you can get your hearing checked. Some primary care providers have a nurse who is uh, trained to do a quick hearing test in a quiet room, maybe not a sound booth, but in a quiet room, so you can get an idea. Mm-hmm. So that's one option. It's not done routinely, which is one of the things I'm trying to preach here. The second uh, qualification in the United States uh, is a hearing aid dispenser. Now, I can speak for California. In California, that's an uh, 18 years old or, or older person who has a high school diploma that's passed a one- or two-hour exam. So not a lot of qualifications or training. However, uh, they can usually do a good, uh, safe hearing test and maybe fit you with hearing aids if that's required. The third are audiologists. Now, audiologists go to school to be hearing experts, and uh, in years past, they had master's degree training, so six years of college or more. And currently, they're AUD or kind of a PhD level of training, and they do similar to what a hearing aid dispenser would do. However, in California, they're about to remove a little bit of earwax to do their exam thoroughly. 
and they're allowed to kind of make a diagnosis, you know, like what type of hearing loss is it, et cetera. And the third person uh, are the ear, nose, and throat physicians like myself. I need to point out that not every ear, nose, and throat physician specializes in hearing. In fact, more and more in our field, uh, people are subspecializing. There's guys who just do facial plastic surgery, guys that just do throat cancer, et cetera. But there's a lot of general ENTs like myself or otologists, uh, ENTs that take even further training than I have to just focus on the inner ear. I still do the full gamut of ear, nose, and throat. Wow, so yeah. personally, yeah, go ahead, Charlie. I was going to say, I'm going to do just that, okay? I'm going to go to my primary care physician and have this conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Start by just talking with his nurse. You might not even see need to see your physician. I will say the primary care physicians have very little training on hearing aids, on inner ear conditions, et cetera. Uh, but it's a great starting place, and most insurances would cover that visit, so why not start there? You know, and, and prior to the break, when we were talking a little bit about prevention and you were talking about using earplugs, I was just wondering, like, what, how loud is too loud? I'm wondering, because when, as we're talking about this and, and you were talking about that the physicians aren't really trained in it, and then you start to wonder, you know, how do I know, like, how do I protect my ears, you know, besides just walking around with earplugs in? Yes, that's a, that's a very, very good question. So just really quickly, what does OSHA allow in the workplace? For an eight-hour day, they allow 90 decibels of sound exposure through the whole eight hours. If, you're, if it goes to 100 decibels, now I'm going to remind your listeners that decibel is a logarithmic scale of loudness. So it's not a linear scale where 120 is twice as loud as 60. It's logarithmic. So uh, if you go from 90 to 100, it's probably 10 times louder or more. I have to do math. Mm. So at 100 decibels, you're only allowed two hours per day. And 105 decibels, one hour of exposure, and for 115 decibels, only 15 minutes or less per day. Now, how does that equate? A normal conversation, like if you were sitting in the room with me, if I was there with you, it's about 60, maybe 50 or 60 decibels. A lawnmower is 100 decibels. So if you mowed lawns for a living, you'd be allowed two hours of exposure a day by OSHA. After that, you're starting to damage and destroy your hearing. An airplane taking off is 180 decibels. You get seconds, milliseconds of exposure before your hearing is damaged. And here's the big one that I'm jumping up and down trying to educate people. iPods with the earbuds deliver sound up to 120 decibels. That's 10 minutes a day. Wow. You know these kids are not listening to music just 10 hours a day, and that's why we're seeing a huge increase in hearing loss in younger age groups. You know what I just thought of, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, you're in the workplace, and yeah. they have they have a quiet policy, right? So they have everybody on headsets. I, w- I had them and, in all the time. Right, and the yeah. headsets are turned up, and you're yeah. actually causing the problem, Yeah. right, by yeah. trying to be quiet. Corporate yeah, is- I, recently, I recently took care of a, a workers' comp claim at a jail, and the... the uh, Guards would communicate with uh, earpieces, connect to their walkie-talkies. And in certain parts of the jail, the signal didn't come in very well, so they cranked up the volume. 
But then when they got to the other part of the jail and forgot to turn down the volume, and someone did come through loud and clear, it was so loud it was causing damage. Hmm. So there's there's a lot of workplace exposure issues. And if, if you're out there listening and you have a workplace and you're not sure, have it surveyed by OSHA. Invite them in because paying for a lifetime of hearing aids for your previous workers is not a good idea, although a lot of times that's needed. Wow. So, okay, so um, that's another excellent point. Go to your company and say, let's test the noise level, right? Yeah. Well, I know that one time they were actually doing work in our building, like right on our floor, and they were using those guns to go through the, the vibration. Yeah, well, the guys had the, the um, you know, headphones on, not the headphones, but mm-hmm. the, you know, noise canceling. And we didn't. I mean, you know, we were sitting right there and they were blasting away. And, and so there's all these different things. I think it probably makes sense after after talking with you, it probably makes really good sense to always have those, at least those foam earplugs around that if we know yeah, that we're foam, going to be exposed. Yeah, and the foam earplugs decrease or attenuate sound by about 28 to 29 decibels. So if you're at 120 and you put those in, now you're down to, you know, 90 or whatever, so it really does help mm. a lot. And for really noisy occupations, they're required to wear both the earplugs and earmuffs over the top, and you get even better protection, but that's in the real noise. And those employers know that they have a noisy workplace. And a lot of times when there's issues with workers' comp and noise exposure, hearing loss, or ringing, I'll have them wear a personal dosimeter. So the, an, a similar employee or even that employee will put something up on the shoulder that records how much noise is in their day-to-day workplace. Very, very helpful in uh, claims like that. And, and they can be very difficult to figure out really what causes. Was it the guy shooting guns, hunting deer on the weekends, or was mm-hmm. it the job? And you have to proportion it. It's, it's difficult. They're difficult cases. I bet. I mean, this is just... Um Real interesting, right? It, it really is really interesting, um, yeah. And especially that ringing can be a red flag, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so let me just shout it out again. The Hear Doc, T-H-E-H-E-A-R-D-O-C.com. And the book is Hearing Loss Facts and Fiction, Seven Secrets to Better Hearing. And uh, I just think everybody needs to go to the website, get the book, and then go from there. Right. Well, it's so important to have awareness around it because, you know, we're letting our kids, you know, put the put the iPods in, cranking them up, going to concerts. You know, there's all this noise around us. I know when I was in New York, I would sleep with earplugs because it was too noisy to sleep otherwise. I mean, I didn't even realize I should have really been, I should have had those earplugs in when I was walking around on the street. Right. And, you know, uh, we're going to take a break in a second, yeah. uh, Dr. France, but I want to say I want to reach out to corporate America and discuss this with them, maybe get them on, get some people, representatives on from some companies and have you back and we can have that conversation with them. That would be pretty cool. So we're going to take our, yeah, we're going to take our final break. But when we come back, I don't know, maybe we want to get into some of the technologies that are available Mm -hmm. and how that works and how that will help us. So please stay with us. A lot more to come. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie Eva and special guest, Dr. Timothy France. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. 
Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Dr. Timothy... I'm having a hard time talking. I don't know. I think my hearing's okay today, but my mm-hmm. talking is not that great. Dr. Timothy France, and he is a board-certified ear, nose, and throat physician, and we're discussing hearing loss and how it can affect us. And, you know, this has been just such a great conversation, um, Dr. France, and I know right before the break, Charlie was talking about, let's talk a little bit about the technologies. I think we all are used to seeing hearing aids, but we really don't know what they do and how they can help us. That's great. Yeah, there is some really exciting technology available now. And hearing aids basically have got better and better as the battery sizes have got smaller and smaller. Mm. And the tiniest hearing aid batteries are no longer than a small grain of rice now. They're tiny. Wow. wow. A little difficult to put in if you have severe arthritis. So we put pull tabs on them. We use a larger battery. But let me tell you how it works. So if a patient comes in, I examine them, take out any earwax look for any surgical problems, which usually there are none. Then I'll refer them for the hearing test in my office. We'll put them in the sound room, do a thorough hearing test of both ears, including, as we mentioned, the speech or word discrimination ability. And then we'll take that information and look at what type of hearing aid is best for that person. And interesting study, the veterans, did a big study, the veterans supply today the majority of hearing aids for Americans are supplied by the Veterans uh, Administration, over 600,000 units a year. Wow. Costco's coming up with a close second, but the veterans still supply the most. And back in the day, uh, 12, 15 years ago, the veterans said, well, you have hearing loss. We'll give you one hearing aid for one of your ears so you can hear with one ear. And they did a study, and what they did was they measured the speech understanding ability that we talked about earlier, about three or four years after that person has worn the one hearing aid in the one ear. And what they found that in the ear that they were wearing the hearing aid in, their speech understanding score was maintained, whatever it was earlier, 85, 90% understanding. But in the unaided ear, the ear that they just left alone, the speech understanding score decreased significantly. And as a result of that study today, the veterans, if you have hearing loss in both ears and you qualify, then you get hearing aids for both ears. It's very important. So very few people walk out of my office with one hearing aid if they indeed have hearing loss in both ears. You know, I was going to ask, right, and I don't want to go off topic, but I had a Bluetooth, right, for years in my ear, the one-ear Bluetooth, and I was having issues really hearing. And I now got a Bluetooth in both. I got like a stereo Bluetooth. So I was going to ask that exact question. Can you get like a stereo hearing aid where it's going to work in both ears? Oh, much better than that, Charlie. Today's hearing aids, as of 2014, 82% of hearing aids sold in America had wireless technology. So, yes, the, the hearing aids will connect not just with your cell phone, 
but with your home phone, if you have a Bluetooth-equipped home phone, with your television or whatever else you'd like to communicate with. And the beauty is, let's say you're talking on your cell phone. You have a cell phone in your pocket. You have a remote microphone either clipped under your lapel or a little thing in your pocket. The sound goes to both ears, not just louder, but it's amplified by the hearing aids specifically for what you're missing because these are digitally programmed. So let's say I'm having this conversation with you with both the hearing aids, and not only do I hear you with both ears, so that whatever background noise is going in my other ear is not interfering with my understanding, but the sound is shaped and altered, usually letting the low tones, as I mentioned, but usually not that affected as we get older, they pass right through. And the higher tones are selectively grabbed by the hearing aid. It recognizes speech, and it amplifies those for increased understanding ability. They're amazing, and they're tiny, and they're cosmetic is no longer a problem. They are not big and bulky with big tubing. That is absolutely a thing of the past, except in profound loss of hearing, where a person needs a ton of power. Uh, but the, today's most common hearing aid is called a RIC, receiver in the canal. So there's not even a speaker in the hearing aid. The speaker is inside of the ear canal, hmm. and it's connected by two very fine wires that are barely visible running up the front of the ear, to a unit usually on top or just behind the ear that's very small, tiny battery. They're amazing devices, and the only thing is we have to convince people that they can hear better. So in almost every state of the union, I think now 35 states, they give you a 30- to 40-day money-back trial. So you are at no risk if you decide to do something. And if after a month you say, you know, these really don't help me, you lay them on the counter and say, I'd like my money back. What state are you guys in? Let me look at what your warranty is. We're there. in Ohio, where you can Ohio. conceal, carry, and uh, <laughs> um, open container. Okay. The, the hearing aid law in Ohio, as of the date of my publication, October 2014, for 30 days, you can wear these brand-new hearing aids, and if you decide they don't help you hear better, in 29 days later, not 32 days later, but 29 days later, the law states there's a refund of the full purchase price, less amount for expenses as specified in the sales contract. So there's a small fee, but you're not out anything if you try it. That's and unbelievable. And to be honest with you, very few people return the hearing aids now. And there's two most important things about hearing aids. Number one, they have to physically be comfortable. And the type I just described are very comfortable. The second is the sound quality, obviously, has to be comfortable. If it's squealing and the feedback's not adjusted appropriately, if it's just too tight or the sounds are uh, irritating, they need to be adjusted. And they can be adjusted so easily using a computer wirelessly linked to the hearing aid or in some cases linked with a wire through the battery compartment. This is life-changing. Yeah, it really is life-changing. And I love that we can do it without risk. Yeah. Right? There's no risk in most states, not every state. There are some states that say if you bought it, you bought it. You're out of luck. So but many states, and I forget the exact number, over 30. And great, there's, really, we, there's no risk. We think insurance covers some. Are they on board with uh, hearing as something that we all need? Well, that's a great question. And that's one of my goals of putting this out to the public. Medicare, a big plan, does not cover hearing aids. It doesn't. Wow. Medicare won't even pay for a hearing test if it's exclusively for considering hearing aids. Now, if a person comes with ringing of the ears or dizziness or something else, 
then they'll pay for the test. But if it's only for considering hearing aids, Medicare won't even pay for the test. So I'd like to get Medicare to pay for even a basic hearing aid for millions of Americans. Of course. I don't think it's a spiteful miss. I think it's an awareness miss, exactly to your point. They need to hear you. And I'd like to testify before Congress, and that's my one of my goals. I, I haven't got that. I haven't got that phone call yet, but I'm working on it. And just little shows like you really help me out, get the word out. Well, and, and it must be a hazard, too. If you think about with older Americans, let's say that a, a hearing aid isn't covered, and so they can't afford it, so they don't get it. But they're still driving because, you know, they've got glasses. They're, they can see, right? Like but me. they can't hear an ambulance or a fire truck coming. Or, um, you know, they're crossing the street and they don't necessarily hear if somebody's honking a horn, depending on how bad, you know, their hearing is. I mean, it's a real problem. I mean, it's really great that you're you're getting this word out there and, and bringing awareness because I didn't realize that Medicare wouldn't pay for it. You would just think that would be a no-brainer, that it would be covered. Honestly, Eva, very few insurances pay. The, a lot, some of the union plans will pay because they negotiated the good benefits. Very few insurance pay for hearing aid benefits. Very few. Just the gold-plated plans that you hear about. And uh, safety is a big issue. In fact, uh, during my training, you know, 100 years ago, mm-hmm. I worked in San Francisco at the General Hospital doing neurosurgery, and I can't tell you how many people in my, I don't know, four-month stand, I was there four months, got hit by muni buses, these quiet electric buses with the wind going through the city. Older people yeah. didn't hear the bus. They had their groceries. They got hit by buses. They didn't hear the bus. These yeah. are quiet buses, but... There are safety issues, and I, I, I've experienced that firsthand. That's a great it's analogy a to make, right? The electric yeah. cars are silent. Imagine right. um, the cars that are not silent without hearing, right? It's the same thing. Yeah, it is the same thing. Or even just someone telling you to get out of the way and you don't really hear it or you don't understand it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this has been a great show. I mean, it starts with our uh, primary, which we're going to discuss. Right. And then we're going to share with our corporate contacts so, uh, Dr. France, we're, we're out there. We're going to help. We'll, we'll stay in touch and keep you posted. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate the time. I really do. No, this has been a great show, and thank you so much for all this information. It's been terrific. I know that our listeners feel the same because um, so many of us actually, I know, have some hearing loss and, and didn't even really know how to address it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Yep, excellent. Um, once again, thehearedoc.com, uh, where you can buy his great book, Hearing Loss, Facts and Fiction, Seven Secrets to Better Hearing. So thank you so much. Have a great day, and let's get back together soon. Thank you again for having me. Hope to talk to you again soon. Okay, take care. Thank you. Yeah, he's really on board. Well, it's eye-opening, right? I mean, right away I need to go get something done, because there are times that we're, we'll be in a group, and I don't understand what's going on, so... So, again, it's thehearedoc.com, and the book is Hearing Loss Facts and Fiction, Seven Secrets to Better Hearing, and it's $1.99. I mean, that's not even the cost of a latte. You guys want to be a ninja? Tap into Dr. Timothy France, thehearedoc.com, get the book, and you'll be on your way. Another great show. Yeah, it was a great show, and thank you so much to our producer, Dave Olson. Excellent. See you guys next week. Bye, Take care.